Hey Backloggers, it's Trash Turkey here, just letting you know we had a little bit of an issue with our audio this episode, so hopefully you can enjoy it. You might have to crank it up a little bit. Actually, feel bad for Blaze Knight, because I was trying to give him a little bit louder episode, and we gave him a little bit of a softer one. So, stick with us, and I'm sure we can get this figured out. Also, if you like sour cream and onion chips, please turn off this episode right now. Are they gone? Okay, great. I also want to let you know that we have an awesome, dramatic review reading from Patrick over at the Backlog Odyssey at the latter part of the show. So enjoy! Dear Day 4, I'm just writing to tell you that I'm not a big fan. Days 1 through 3 were nice to me. They helped me along my path. But you, sir, you kinda suck. What is it this unnatural craving for barbecue that you've presented me with? What is this temptation? Why not a casual reminder that I can get a salad out of my favorite sub shop, Subway, because it's healthier, loaded with vegetables, and has a low point count? No. There has to been no mention of that from you at all. Instead, you have me sitting here drooling over the possibility of slaver ribs smothered in barbecue sauce. Or maybe a famous Dave's Devil Spit Burger complete with extra hellfire pickles, bacon, jalapeno dipped into extra barbecue sauce. Oh, day four. I'm not sure we can be friends anymore. I'm going to figure out a way to get through this day and then I'm going to leave you for someone nicer and prettier tomorrow. I hope she's your sister so that you feel some sort of resentment for treating me this way. Jeremy, diets suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. I'm. So, are you on day four, or is this like? Um, no, is this, this was, was just this like, day four back back when you when you wrote this. Yeah, this this was day four when I wrote it, and I went outside to do something at work, and there's a famous Dave's in the parking lot, so I get like inundated with smells of barbecue and ribs and other things that tempt me but i'm i'm not allowed to go so yeah yeah barbecue is great isn't it it's, <laughs> it's amazing oh my uh, goodness I yeah so barbecue. what what do you what do you um what do you get at famous dave's what don't you get at famous dave's am i right well right now i don't get anything at famous well, dave's that's true. i don't even that's step true. foot into the property so are you are you counting points? Are you doing Weight Watchers, or is there just like a calorie thing no, that you're trying actually, to watch? Actually, what we ended up doing is uh, we're we're cutting out like uh, what does she call it? Processed sugars and starches and um, no pasta. Um, yeah, like you know, delicious things. Um, we're going on. <laughs> we're, we're basically doing like a paleo diet. Okay. So we're getting rid of like a lot of. I, she calls them legumes. I call them peanuts, and they're delicious. And yeah. I don't understand why peanuts are forbidden, but you know, and you know, but we have this list of recipes, and everything she makes is delicious, which makes life a lot easier. But there's not a single thing that you can cook up on a paleo diet that's going to be like, yeah, I'd rather have this than a nice barbecue bacon burger. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right on that. Yeah, I we're kind of doing um I guess the the diet of the 90s, I'm going to call it or early 2000s. Atkins? The the dash diet. So uh DoorDash? Diner yeah, Dash? Yeah, I I think it's um you 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 leave for food at the door and then 
and then uh, knock and run. Uh, yeah, to um, set it on fire first. So when they come out, they step on it and they ruin their dinner. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then you don't get to eat anything, and then that's how you eat less food. Ah, um, so it's it's been pretty good. I mean, oh, and also I need to clarify. So last episode, I said that we've never used this scale, and my wife told me that we have used the scale. I just didn't use the scale as far as measuring my food. Um, <laughs> she was like, no, we've used the scale. I use the scale. I'm like, okay, all right, so fair enough. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's mostly like lean meats and vegetables and eating a lot of vegetables um, instead of, you know, bars or, you know, just stuff that's going to be, or even like, you know, I don't know if you get like like healthy kind of granola bars things that are supposed to be healthy but they're just kind of like candy bars that are disguised as healthy uh, food yeah I, I really like those and the reason i like them is because they're full of stuff that i shouldn't be eating <laughs> uh, but the wife did make a uh like almost a homemade granola topping which uses words that i don't understand plus some sort of like banana flavoring ish in it and then she baked it and chopped it up and baked it and chopped it up. And then you put it in yogurt and it's supposed to be healthy. So, uh, sounds good. It, like I said, everything she's making is amazing. I, I've been eating this beef barbacoa the last couple of days. Oh, yeah, it was that's good. All made in a slow cooker, which was delicious. Mm -hmm. Uh, put it over some like white sweet potatoes, uh, doing like steak and potatoes for breakfast here and there. Um, we made like an amazing gumbo recently and like so many foods that we don't eat but now we do and the recipes are great and i'm actually excited about it and i talk to people at work about it and i pass out recipes and like the food's amazing and i you know i'm down about 10 pounds and she's down about six pounds and you know everything's going great so i'm very excited about the diet it just every once in a while i'm like ooh, a bowl of ice cream sounds delicious right now yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I've been mostly eating salads and things like that. And um, there are, I mean, I have bread occasionally, but not really. Um, I'm down about nine pounds. Um, so not quite, uh, you know, not quite 10. Um, I've, I've told my family that we're going to go to get, go to this Mexican restaurant that we like um, when I hit my first goal so that I can pack on some more pounds. Um, and then, um, I don't know, it, hopefully it'll be a, a lasting change where like I can kind of, you know, eat this kind of stuff more often, uh, make healthier choices. And, uh, it's interesting when you eat things that are less, um, artificially sweetened, like you're saying, and just more natural, it's like, man, carrots and celery, they're kind of sweet. Which is just bizarre. I'm you know? I'm not to that point yet. I think you're a little <laughs> on the crazy side, but um, this is this is definitely something we we went into it because she wanted to give up like the pastas and the re the bad sugars or something for Lent. So we went into this with the let's try it and see how we like it mentality. And now, like, every week we're looking at new recipes and, like, okay, let's do this and let's do this. And we're talking about, like, putting our favorite recipes that we're trying on, like, index cards and starting our own binder with all these recipes so that, like, we can just keep going. And, like, oh, yeah, let's go back and, you know, make that gumbo again that we had the first week. And 
So this is something that we're planning on, you know, being like a permanent change, you know, eat healthy, eat healthy, eat healthy. And then every once in a while, you know, you have that day where you just eat whatever you want and then go back instead of, you know, every once in a while have that healthy day and right. then go back to every day eating poorly. So, yeah, if you don't let yourself do that occasionally, then then I don't think you'll stick with it. You know, then you you'll be miserable and dislike life and stop playing video and, games and yeah never you have won't have again. bacon burgers and oh, speaking bacon of burger. speaking of video games so uh did you want to hear about my gaming non-gaming pickups i would love to uh well you know because i can't buy video games i have to buy something video game related right right um, it doesn't count it doesn't count uh, per Patrick. Uh, he was on the show. Uh, and he's and an expert. He is, and he was uh, kind enough to uh, say that it didn't count so that I could still like pick up stuff occasionally. Yeah, very nice of him. We like when people give us permission to spend money that we shouldn't. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I got these uh, as anniversary gifts. Um, excuse me. Uh, so... Uh, first thing um, I bought that you discussed last time is the old flip grip. Oh, the flip grip. So, yeah, and and I I agree with you. It's not there's not much to it. Um, I think that if I get some games that actually utilize it well, I I tried that the Gotcha Racing too because I think I remember it being flip grip or at least uh, vertical um, compatible. Tate mode. Tate mode, and uh, but it and I've heard that some games do this. This was before the flip grip, so it actually rotates it the wrong way. Uh, it it so you it actually doesn't work. Um, it rotates it so you have to play it upside down. Anyways, well um, that adds an extra challenge. It does. It's like the the mirror mode where you have to race things backwards or do whatever. Um, I, the one thing that that I mean I I'm okay with the construction of it. It seems like it it kind of locks in everything um, pretty sturdy, and um, but one thing I thought was really strange. And I don't know if yours does this, but when you slide in your switch, it like mashes down on the volume buttons. Does yours I do that? Did not have that issue. Yeah, so like it it you know this the volume button button is a rocker, and so like as you like slide it in, it either increases the volume or decreases it, and you can. You can actually, in the software, you can change the volume without using the rocker switch, so it doesn't really matter. But I don't like the idea of putting my switch in something that's like holding the button down that could, I don't know, damage it or something over time. But that was a little strange. So I Did don't know. you think about putting it in the other way where the volume is on the top side? And does well, it I dip into the switch? Because that, I think, is how I played mine, where the volume button was still up and accessible. Well, maybe this is maybe this is my uh, my dilemma. Maybe I'm I'm switching it and gripping it wrong, or flipping it wrong. This could be, uh, but it does come with a, a handy credit card, which uh, is interesting um, yes, that you yes. can use as a kickstand and a, and a decal. Because, I like the decal. You know, I do. I think that's super cute. And I really like the box too with the artwork on it. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. And I mean, I don't know. I'll try it out. I mean, again, like the, the little diagram on here tells you which way the switch should go, so I thought I had it right, 
we'll we'll just we'll try it again. Um, <laughs> the next thing I got, gaming, non gaming, gaming, non gaming. Um, I enjoy music, and uh, uh, this band had a uh, on the Fan Gamer uh, where I picked up the Flip Grip. The One Ups. Have you heard of the One Ups? I have not. It's an older uh, video game band that they, you know, they're a kind of a jazz uh, and kind of rock too, but mostly, you know, funk and jazz uh, versions of uh, video game songs. Um, you know, back in, uh, I guess this first, they have disc, this is like a, a disc one and two combo pack. And so the first disc is actually from 2005 and the second disc is from 2008. Wow. So, um, some of my favorites um, on the first disc, I actually like the first disc a little bit more than the second disc. Um, I, I definitely like the Green Greens, uh, Kirby's Dreamland, and um, of course, Green Hill Zone. So, anyways, um, all their music is on YouTube, so you can check that out. Pretty cool. I will have to do that, and, and we should link to it. To let yes. everyone else check it out as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I think they're pretty not. I mean, like famous, but I think they're one of the the main uh, bands, kind of like a Super Soul Brothers, and I think probably before them. Um, but I'm not totally sure about that. But I, I think that they were kind of um, one of the first on the scene to kind of do that. Uh, and last but not least, um, I got another. Hardcore Gaming 101 Digest. They had this on sale. This is the Star Fox F Zero, official and unauthorized. Oh, I'm sorry, unofficial unauthorized. and unauthorized. Yeah. So that's I haven't really dug into that, but um, got some more reading to do. So that's exciting. I like it. So those are my gaming non gaming pickups, Serge. I wish I had something to show you, but I don't. I did not pick up any gaming, non-gaming stuff in the past month. Okay. Well, that's okay. You can, you can enjoy, uh, looking at mine. No, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? You know, you can. You can go on YouTube and pretty much listen to all the one up. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you just saved yourself fifteen bucks. So, for mine, I wanted to do something a little different. Um, do you listen to like, you know, Sean Capri and the Nintendo Guru and the Nintendo Dads? Mm -hmm. And you know how recently they've been doing like those wrestling, like we're better than you, and you don't want any of this. Those promos they've been cutting on each other. Well, I wanted to just say something nice about everybody instead. Like the oh, backlog busters, nice. we're not going to get into the name calling. We're not going to get into the we can do this slightly better than you. But you know what? I just wanted to be like. The Nintendo Dads is like quality entertainment out there. Everything they do is nice and wholesome, and they're giving good advice to uh, parents with small, small gamers growing up. Um, Sean Capri and the Nintendo Guru. They're very sweet individuals when you talk to them, not on air. On air, Sean Capri, he tries to bust in, he tries to take control, he makes bad jokes. But behind the scenes, he's just a really nice guy who wants to help out. And the Nintendo Guru, that guy, loud, boisterous. Gets his opinions in there. He like, I am going to give you my opinion and you're going to hear it so much you're going to agree with it. 
But then behind the scenes, he's like, yeah, dude, that's really awesome. Like, you know, you guys are really nice. He's just he's this just gentle soul. So I just wanted to say nice things about these guys. Oh, that's that's really kind. Yeah, thanks. The Backlog Busters, we're, we're a kinder, more gentler podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're the hug that you, no, no, that you didn't want. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy, I cannot uh, advocate the hug <laughs> that you didn't want. <laughs> oh. uh, so I, uh, I apologize, but uh, Jeremy has <laughs> been replaced for the rest of this episode with a kinder, gentler turkey. Let's get into our community questions. <clears throat> We're going to start with uh, Graham from Twitter. And he asked us, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Any insight, Jeremy? Uh, as a fellow animal um, and talking to many woodchucks, they actually can't chuck wood. They can chew it, but they... They're not strong enough to chuck it. They can't chuck it. Yeah. And so they can't chuck as much wood as a woodchuck could if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah, they just... They would love to, but they can't. It's... Physically know, it's impossible? kind of a sore subject. Oh, so they're a little bit down about it. It's a depressing thing to talk about? Yeah, you don't really want to pick... You know, it's not something you want to talk about with the woodchucks. Hmm. What I mean, about the I, beavers. Would you talk about it with the beavers? Of course. Yeah, oh. they're they're all about chucking wood, and uh, you know, I I just I think that um, the woodchucks, you know, want to be want to be left alone about this. I'm, I mean, it's it's a sore I'm sorry, subject. Graham. Well, see <laughs> now for me, I went to high school in a town called Punxsutawney. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, everybody just made that exact same noise. Oh, uh-huh, really? So, Punxsutawney has this thing, like, it's called a groundhog, and his name is Phil. And a groundhog is a woodchuck. It's the exact same thing, except for they give it a different name, because woodchuck sounds dumb, even though groundhog sounds dumb, too. But in the town of Punxsutawney, they actually have wild groundhogs as well. And those things, they like to burrow under houses and cause chaos. Because your house is on a foundation, Jeremy. And when yeah. that foundation gets disturbed, things tend to shift and move. Mm. So as they burrow under houses, like ants would, for instance, they just create all these tunnels. And then eventually, those tunnels have to give way because now there's all this dead air. And then houses shift and they fall and they realign themselves. So I don't like groundhogs or, or woodchucks. So I believe that they should be chucking all their wood in a penitentiary, serving 24 to life. Or, you know, forced to be enslaved by the beavers. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Man, I didn't, I didn't know that they, uh, they were that uh, cantankerous. They were, you know... I mean, I just... I, I think of this as some kind of cartoon thing where they're digging under my house and then, like, just have like a stopwatch and they're just waiting for it to collapse or kind of like walking away, not looking back at like an explosion, mm-hmm. but they're just like walking away and your house is collapsing. So you picture woodchucks as like the Vin Diesel of the animal kingdom. That's They that's just correct. blow crap up and walk away in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I don't like you anymore. 
<laughs> okay, let's get to uh, Patrick, who always sends us some interesting questions. These Thank questions, you, very flavorful. So, if your top three game franchises were flavors of chips, what flavors would they be? I assume you put a lot of thought into this because I, I I really did, and I I, I kind of struggle with this. I actually took pictures, you know, because we're on a diet. But also, I mean, I'm not a chip connoisseur, but I was like, okay, I've got to really come up with a good answer for Patrick because we love Patrick, and um, I don't know if this is good, uh, but what I thought to myself was, okay, not necessarily gaming franchises, but the yes and no. What franchise would I be most excited for when they release another game or they're announcing another game? So number one would be Mario. And uh, I think Mario is kind of like a veggie harvest sun chip um, that is flavored with tomato, basil, and cheese. Um, because... Well, obviously, it's Italian flavors, but also it kind of looks like those little sand blocks that uh, kind of have the pogo stick, and they kind of jump and uh, try to attack you in those uh, those blasted desert levels. And um, and they're square, so I don't know. What do you think? Well, on that? Uh, uh, I mean, sun chips are delicious and all, but <clears throat> I I also had Mario franchise. Because it's probably my favorite franchise. And I said that they would be the tried and true sour cream and onion chip. Because almost everyone in the world loves sour cream and onion. And those people who don't are Xbox fanboys. Oh my goodness. And they just I, never get to experience Mario. My wife and I were discussing this. And I was, I mean, I had to, I had to reach out to my wife and say, hey, I, I've, I've got a tough question here. And she's like, well, you know, Mario is is very popular and and he's um you know world renowned like so let's look up what the most popular chips are and you know one of the top top three was was that disgusting chip you just mentioned and i just i just think it's the worst i'm sorry it's like oh no absolutely not um so second so on my list yes the first thing we start out this podcast with every month is get to know your co-host and this month i feel like our whole theme is get to hate your co-host <laughs> like there's something wrong with you jeremy there's just something i don't know wrong with you it's it's there's this you know sometimes um like does your turkey beak just not break the chip up properly i'm maybe maybe so maybe so uh, okay okay let's yeah. let's change right, the subject let's... get to your number two before all right so out. maybe we can Maybe we can come together on this one, Serge. All right. Come together. Right now. Okay. Uh, so number two. Always number two to Mario. I'm sorry, Sonic. But yes, Sonic the Hedgehog. And um, As if there was another Sonic out there that people get excited about. I, I mean, I was very exci excited for Sonic Mania. I know you kind of had some struggles with it, but I loved it. It was still fun. It was still fun. And I just thought the music was great. Excuse me. And the um, man, what a great game. But so I think Sonic is a bag of Doritos. Now let me let me. Uh, so he's kind of got that attitude, and I feel like Doritos always have an attitude and an in-your-face uh, kind of 
advertising and um, very 90s, I feel. And they also had a 3D version that didn't do so hot. So I think that Sonic is totally Doritos. Do you agree? I think Sonic would be more akin to extra, extra hot flaming Takis. Because even when you like spice, it sounds like a good idea, but you're probably going to regret the purchase in a couple of minutes. <laughs> oh. So I'm going to go to my number two. Okay. Which was Borderlands. Oh, now, okay. I kind of think Borderlands is kind of like a jalapeno and cheddar uh, Cheeto. You know, Borderlands, mm. it spices things up with the jalapeno. It's. It's not really for everything, so that's why they throw the cheddar in there. It's got an addicting gameplay loop. It's got really great humor. The jalapeno, the cheddar, they blend together to kind of cancel each other out. And okay. people are kind of willing to go with that spiciness of the jalapenos because the delicious cheddar is there to like calm your tongue down a little bit. And so Borderlands isn't for everybody, but it's got this great mix of flavor and bite. I, I like it. I'm I'm down with that. I would eat some of those, and I would definitely play some Borderlands. Yeah, so speaking um, of Borderlands, I was so disappointed that the Borderlands Game of the Year edition announcement is the fact that it's just coming out for, like, PlayStation 4 and Xbox, and they're not, like, porting Borderlands to the Switch. Because I really wanted to play that little shooter on my handheld Switch. Yeah, and I saw that you tweeted about that. I didn't see that. So are they? I know that the collection was did not include the first one. So they're just re-releasing the first one. Yeah, they're remastering and making better the first one for the newer systems. And the consolation prize is the Switch will get Bulletstorm. Yeah, I, I you know, I've never played Bulletstorm, but I can't imagine it's it even touches. No, it, it's a real fun bro shooter that doesn't take itself seriously and is over the top and jacob loves it so in that regards like i've enjoyed bulletstorm probably far more than i ever would have before but when you're excited about borderlands yeah. bulletstorm just kind of feels like the poo poo in the other hand yeah yeah so now uh, that we're depressed let's get to number three all right number three so I know you love him. Mm-hmm. He used to be white. Oh, Michael Jackson. He turned, he turned pink. That's oh. right. Kirby oh. is white cheddar cheese puffs. <laughs> so on the um, on the Game Boy, uh, Kirby's Dream Land, I believe, he was white on the uh, original You mean on Game the Boy. black and white version where there were no other colors? Well, correct, but also on on the color box, he was not pink. He Ooh. started out white, and so he um, he's light and airy and um, smooth like butter. I don't know. I like I like Kirby, and I like cheese puffs and uh, white cheddar. It's kind of it's kind of fancy, Serge. I'm just saying. Well, like white, like I, I love the analogy because Kirby, he is like like a cheese puff, except mm -hmm. for a cheese puff can't eat other cheese puffs and then spit them out. You but, know that. Like white cheddar is just—it's a very mild, smooth mm -hmm. flavor. 
it doesn't have any bite to it it's like it's 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 that relaxing like i want to chip but i don't want my taste buds to get worked up over it you know it's that (laughs) game you can sit down the kids can play it anybody can play it and feel like they're doing good and when you eat white cheddar cheese puffs everybody can eat them and feel like it's really not that bad Mm -hmm. yeah so Uh, you you nailed it you you definitely helped me out with that one i appreciate that you're correct this is i mean that i i don't know kirby yeah what do you what do you what is your number three Serge? okay so my number three and while currently it might not be my number three franchise i like it struck me dan ganrampa the series Mm-hmm. Now, Dan Ganrampa to me is bacon habanero tortilla chips. So, okay. Yeah. So this series is definitely not for everyone, and it can be very difficult to get into. But just like bacon habanero tortilla chips, once you get past the heat and start enjoying the flavor, it's a fun, wild romp from start to finish full of crazy characters, twists, and turns that leaves you wanting more and really makes me want a Switch port for crying out loud. Why can't you give me a Switch port? <laughs> oh, just wait two years. So, plus. yeah, one of my managers recently brought some bacon habanero tortilla chips to work. And it's like, like you can smell the bacon and the, the taste of the bacon's in there. And it's like really nice and like, you know, if you're a normal red-blooded American male in this world, you like bacon. And I don't even mm-hmm. want to hear you say, no, no, bacon's like sour cream and onion. I just uh, can't get it. Sour, into- I mean, <laughs> ugh, bacon. But Who likes that? Am I right, <laughs> listeners? But, like, like, I tasted it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And then, like, you get a little bit of that heat kick in. But, like, the flavor stays there just, like, welf- welcoming you back. And that's what Dan Ganrump is to me. It's... It's one of those ones that if, like, you try to explain it to somebody, like, look at the reaction we got from Dave and John. And yeah. Like, what murder the hell bear? are you talking about? <laughs> murder bears? But once I started playing the game, I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And then by the end, all your senses are overwhelmed. You've got sweat running down your brow. <laughs> like, you're shaking because the habanero is just like, ah, oh, my God, that pepper is real, real hot. Yeah. So. Oh, man. There we go. Yeah, I I like it. So, did you do a um, a Walmart version? I did, but so for me, Mario, I just put great value sour cream and onion. Mm, for Borderlands, mm-hmm. I put great value queso. So I don't know if you've ever eaten the queso chips, but they're no. they're kind of like a to me they'd be like a cheddar sour cream, but with like a weird spice kick to it. So it's like kind of like a spicy cheddar almost. I I'm down with spicy cheddar. And then uh, for Danganronpa, I put great value burning hot potato chips because that was <laughs> the closest thing I could find. Yeah, I I kind of made up some stuff, but I did. Uh, so Mario, obviously, I I didn't know if he wanted a like a Walmart version of the game. So I did uh, the Great Gianna Sisters. I don't know if that was. Um... <laughs> And then, and and then you know, like I don't. This might may not necessarily be Walmart, but it's always like the generic brand, just like a whole lot of uh, descriptors that, um, like a, like star toasted squares with waves mm-hmm. was my, um, my my sunships, 
knockoff, and then Freedom Planet for Sonic, which I've heard is good, and it actually might get a Switch port, a physical version, which I might try. And, you know, for Doritos, like Nacho Pyramids or something like that, that they would, you know, I don't know, Nacho Triangles. Um, and then, honestly, when I was thinking about White Cheddar Cheese Puffs, I mean, that's just that's just pretty generic. So I just went with that. I mean, that's, yeah, call it the great value version of that, which I've had, and they're not bad. I would I would say save yourself 50 cents and get you some uh, great value White Cheddar Cheese Puffs. Yeah. So I'm going to go a little out of order here. His next question kind of jumps me ahead from topic two to topic three. And his next question was, can you fit Vita carts into a switch? So the answer Jeremy, is yes. Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I got some rumors. I don't, I don't, <gasps> I don't know if you have any rumors, but... This kind of jumps me to the rumor section, so I think we just need to talk about the rumors right now. And All right, let's do it. Yeah, so uh, I have two rumors, and one of them is related to the Vita. Now, you know how Microsoft and Xbox are all jumping in bed together, and they're giving mm-hmm. us the warm fuzzies, and Microsoft's trying to make Switch owners hate themselves by giving them Cuphead? Well, <laughs> Sony, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to love Nintendo as well. So, as we speak, Shuhei Yoshida, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right or not, but it's got to be close. He is yes. He is actually talking to Reggie, and then Reggie passes the information on. But mm-hmm. they are basically trying to get the Switch cartridges to play in the Nintendo system. Not the Switch, the Vita cartridges. Okay. So, they're, they're mm-hmm. developing what do they call that like a modification that you put it in there a rom i don't know jeremy i can't talk I, so, what are these so, words i'm trying so to so this speak of? i have actually i've done some research on this well, and research? like you i've did heard you, these rumors did you google it uh i didn't google it but i did what i did was i i have a vita cartridge and i also have a switch cartridge mhm and so i lined them up physically next to each other actually on top of each other mhm and i realized something They're pretty much the exact same size, but the top of the Vita cartridge is slightly rounded, Mm -hmm. and it's about half the size, the thickness, of a Switch cartridge. So, as we've seen with Nintendo, they are allowing other third parties and indies to use their characters. So what's going to happen with this is that Sony is going to say, okay, I see you, Nintendo, and you're taking a little bit of this game and a little bit of this other game, and you're kind of making your own game with this Crypt of the Necro Dancer slash Link to the Past or Link Dancing All Night game anyways. So Sony is going to develop something that you can take any two of your Vita cartridges, put them together, and slide it into the top of the Switch. And it creates a custom ROM, kind of like Sonic and Knuckles, where you would be able to connect cartridges together, mm-hmm. and who knows what you come up with. So, let's say you want to play Tearaway 
and I don't know, Hot Shots Golf. I don't know what comes out, but it's going to be fun. So that's that's what I've heard. Whoa. That's what I've heard Whoa. on that. So it's almost like a monster rancher of sorts. Exactly. You put yes. two in, and you're not exactly sure what's going to come out. Who knows? Man. Who knows? It could be the new Pokemon game. Oh, Generation that Eight. Out. That's right. So, did you? That have... is an amazing rumor. I'm excited about that. I like it because I've got and since... Tearaway, and I haven't played it in a while. It's a great game, by the way. Mm. And since you made my rumor better and more coherent, I'm going to talk about my other one. <laughs> so, you know how Konami is actually trying to give the gamers what they want. Yes. Yeah. I love this. Okay, so for those that don't know, Konami's releasing three collections. They've got a Contra collection, a Castlevania collection, and an arcade collection. Each collection comes with eight games, and they've named four of them, and just said that four more will be announced later. But, through my contacts, which are mostly the voices in my head, but the voices do try to emulate the people that I think they might be, mm -hmm. I heard that if you buy all three collections and you beat every game on all three collections you then get access to a download code which is not listed in the eShop and the only way to download this set of games is through the code that appears after you beat all the games from the other collections now Konami currently is calling this the non-Konami connection and you get mm -hmm. access to eight special straight-up money-grabbing ports, which include E.T. the Extraterrestrial, mm. Sonic the Hedgehog, 2006, Catfight, which is an all-female fighting game from 1996 that was only released on Windows operating system, Okay. and Superman 64. Mm. Plus four more eye-gouging awful games to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> That's just oh, what wow. I've heard, Jeremy. That's just what I've heard. Man, this is big news. I'm I'm glad we're breaking these rumors. I'm really <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait you to know? play ET on my Switch. I, I I agree because, you know, Everybody's like, oh, I want the Dark Souls on my Switch because I like tough games. You know, the new thing is going to be, I want bad games on my Switch. Right. Right? I, I mean, it's just like, I want I want E.T. I want Superman 64. Give me all this polygons. And, right. Maybe we can and, get the original Shaq Fu in the Wu-Tang game. We can get yeah. a lot of bad games on the Switch. Why, yeah, why, we can make it happen. Why just port the good games, Jeremy? You can port all the games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, so my, <laughs> my Labo creation with my Labo bug and uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color has not really come together yet. I've been trying to get a Game Boy camera, and um, no such luck. I did find these Nyko worm cams, um, and it apparently does not work on a Game Boy SP. 
So I was a little bit out of luck, and I'm just I'm I'm looking around, and I haven't found one yet. So I I've got another rumor, and um, just so happens I have a rumor mill in my hometown here. So I went over there, and they told me about something called Nindy Neighborhood. Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be a an application that you put on your Switch. And you're going to be able to open it up, and you're going to have a see a small town, and it's going to be 2D. It's going to be kind of like a town that you would see in Earthbound or like the Satellaview BSX cartridge. You know, you walk around, you see different buildings, and um, they're actually going to bring the Mies back. The Mies are going to come back, but they're going to be 16-bit. We're going to be like 16-bit versions of what the Mies were. And you walk around your town. This is going to be exclusive to the Nintendo Online service. And so all the people that are your friends are going to have a house in your town. And there's going to be little houses and buildings that are Nintendo Nindies. You can go in. You can talk to the guy in there that will be a little me version of somebody from the developer. You can play a demo and... This is where it gets cool, because it's not cool so far. Um, you can that they will actually be selling these Nintendo neighborhood card packs. So we're gonna get cards, collectible amiibo cards of the indie games. So Nintendo can get us to buy a game thrice. So we're gonna buy it digitally, then we're gonna buy it when it comes on a cart, then we're gonna buy it as an amiibo card. And uh, in that card pack, you'll also get uh, five or six other cards that will be just demos, and you'll be able to trade those demos and things like that with other people that are on your friends list. So um, get ready to see 16-bit versions of me characters uh, and unlock some cool stuff and some cool demos that are exclusive to the Nintendo Online service. These demos, will they be for new games or will they be demos of like old NES games? Like... They'll be they'll be new games. They'll be new Nindy games that are exclusive to the Nintendo Online Nindy neighborhood. Exclusive. And you got this from the rumor mill. The rumor mill just down the road. Is, yeah, they just Is that a bar? Of... People, yeah, they they um do people there drink was some, heavily there. Yeah, um there there was kind of some bottles around, um sawdust, uh, small chunks of wood, probably from woodchucks and um probably from woodchucks. Like copies of copies of Shovel Knight and Hello Hollow Maybe. Knight scattered around and uh and I just thought makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, two and two Nindy neighborhood. What can I say? I like it. Yep. Yep. So, it's coming I'll, out. I'm going to keep my eye out for that. I will uh, pre-order it as quick as I could. Um, <laughs> hmm. So I messed up. We got to the rumor mill. Yes. But I do have to go back because we did have one more question from Bugland, okay. Bug Man Bradley. Bug, 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 bug. One of our good friends from uh, Some Guy in the Bug Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know how to answer this question, so I'm hoping you do. 
But what is your peak Kevin Bacon role? I mean, does it get any better than Footloose? I mean, he's, you know, young kid from, I don't know, the big city, coming to a town, can't dance. He comes into town and he teaches these youngins that it's okay to dance. I mean, I, I don't know. Does it? I, I don't think Footloose can be topped. No? Bug man. Like, I'm just saying. For me, I remember Kevin Bacon from like really bad horror movies. Like mm. that's what sticks in my head. Like Tremors. There was something about Echoes. There was a bad like Sleepers yeah, movie. Yeah, what was that? Sleepers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's the kind of stuff I remember Kevin Bacon from. Other than evidently, there are six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I'm assuming yes. it's like thirty, thirty-five. 42 85 but i don't know i've never really never really been a kevin bacon fan so like the bug man confuses me a little bit well i just i know that kevin bacon has been in a lot of stuff but uh again i think he peaked at footloose i mean anytime did. you're when you go anytime from footloose you're dancing to around in a musical, it doesn't get any better. I would like to see a musical of some guy in the Bugman. So, by the way, so John Travolta peaked at Greece. Um, I, I, uh, mm -hmm. I would say maybe Pulp Fiction. Wasn't he dancing in that too? Uh, that movie was so boring. I fell asleep. Oh. It's like the sour cream and onion oh, of the potato chip world. It's just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, before anyways. we get bitter again, let's go to our games <laughs> of March. <laughs> I, I don't want the sour cream and onion chips to come between us, Serge. This is something that we... They won't. I am a fat guy, and I will eat them all. And you will be like, thank God this fat guy ate all the bad sour cream and onion chips. <laughs> it's a perfect relationship actually it is it, i mean honestly though if you have friends and they like the same snacks you know then you're 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 battling over the snacks right it's hard now we have to buy two bags oh, that's true yeah so so let's talk about what we played in march okay now i have been playing hollow knight recently i'm just gonna start with the thing i've been playing most recent so a couple months ago, I tried Hollow Knight because everybody loves the game. They say it's difficult, but, you know, I played me some Dead Cells and I went through and I rolled the credits on it. And even the amazing Jason Lacey hasn't done that yet. So obviously that means I'm probably a better gamer than him at um, Dead Cells only. But I did roll credits. <laughs> like it was a very tough game and I had a lot of fun with it. And then I played The Messenger earlier this year. Which also was a game that made me want to break a lot of things. But I rolled credits on it. So earlier this year I tried Hollow Knight. And my first thoughts of Hollow Knight were, wow, this is kind of like a poor man's Dead Cells. It just, it didn't grab me. And I think it was because I played it too close to the other two games. So this month after I did what I wanted to in my main game, you know, I was like, let's fire it up again. Let's give it that old second try. You know, just like college. Let's try freshman year again. So, 
so I started playing it, and you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can dig the mechanics. Uh, Hollow Knight, it's got some craziness in it where you go into an area, and there's no map. You don't know where you're going. You're just trying to memorize everything. But your whole goal, I've got this itchy nose right now, so I'm glad we're not live. People would be like, why does he keep picking his nose? It's like, <laughs> I got this one hair that must be like stray and a loose cannon up there. Anyway, so you go around and there's there's like absolutely no map. You don't know where you're at. If you die, you don't know where you went, but you start back at the beginning until you find this guy who's a map maker. And you can buy a map off of him. And that map will show you everywhere you've been. Then, as you're tra transversing the Hollow Knight universe, they have these, uh, they call them benches, but what they are really is old-fashioned save points. Where, like, you get to this area, you can save. So to save, you sit on the bench. When you sit on the bench, if you've bought, like, basically pen and ink, you will map your progress so wherever else you've explored in this one area you can map that out okay so the bench kind of like unlocks you know new areas for you so that you can see where you've been and where you need to go and it's very uh castle roids where you know you explore some areas you find a whole bunch of dead ends you know just like when we were playing axiom verge it's like oh where do i need to go next so you look at the map and you're like oh well there's an exit i haven't gone yet there's an exit there's an exit there's an exit you can just do more exploring as you beat the bad guys, you gain new abilities. You get to buy power-ups. <clears throat> One of the things that you can buy, like, well, well, first of all, the fact that it makes you basically buy the uh, pen and ink so that you can detail where you've been on the map, that's a little on the crazy side. The next thing it makes you buy is uh, basically a GPS so that when you look at the map, you can actually see where you're at instead of just trying to guess. So... Not only do you get the map, wow. but then you have to go buy your GPS so that you can actually locate yourself on the map. But do but, you know you need to buy those things, or is it just kind of like, well, you've got a piece of paper here? Well, when you talk to the map maker, map maker, and you buy your first map, he basically tells you, "Hey, you should go back to uh, the main starting point of this whole game and see my wife who runs a shop there, and she can sell you some things." So then you make your whole way back, and now that you have a map, you can actually see how to get back there. So you make your way back, you uh, talk to her, and you know you see all these useful items they have. And then as you go through the game, other shops open up, and you you know get different power-ups and stuff. Um, I'm only a few hours into the game, like maybe five to seven, but from what I hear, it's a huge game. Um, I've only unlocked a couple of areas and beaten, I think, two bosses. But the game is nice, it's challenging, it's got really good platforming. Um, so far, I'm really liking the flow of it, but the thing is, it's, you know, when they say that the boss battles are difficult and, you know, it can be very Souls-like, um, yeah, you can make your way through a level, make your way through a level, and then you hit that boss who just destroys you, and then destroys you and destroys you, and it made me feel like I was playing the messenger again with how often I was just dying at the bosses. The rest of the levels weren't so bad. Um, another mechanic that it does have is that as you're going through it, you're... You're gaining Geo, which is basically your, your in-game currency. So you beat the bad guys, you get Geo, you fill up your you know your special meters, stuff like that. But if you die, you lose all your Geo. And you get you know transported back to the last bench that you saved at. Now from there, you can look at your map and you can see where you died on the map. And you have to go and beat a shadow form of yourself in order to gain back all of the stuff that you lost. Now... 
it sounds difficult, and the first time I was a little, uh, you know, timid about it. But it it takes two hits to beat your former self. Basically, you have to hit him twice, and then you get all your geo back. But sometimes, you know, the the thing is transversing to wherever you were, depending on how long you've been playing and how far you went without finding another bench. So that can kind of make it interesting. Um, also, if you happen to be fighting a boss and you didn't find a bench close to the boss, you know, when the boss kills you, you have to make your way back to the boss. So as the game gets tougher, as it progresses, I can see this being something that frustrates me. But I have been having a lot of fun with Hollow Knight. And while my main goal for this month was to go through Octopath Traveler, play all the chapter ones, and then as we play more games over the year, be like, oh, I beat my game for April. Let's go knock out a chapter two. Okay, I did this. Let's go knock out another chapter two. Right now, all I can think about is, hey, let's go explore in Hollow Knight again. Like, the, you know, it's just that, like, nice, fun, it's quick gameplay, the action's nice, the combat's really good, and it's got its hooks into me. So, it's one That's of those cool. games where, you know, if I would have played like this, The Messenger, and Dead Cells last year, I think it would have been really, really difficult to figure out, ooh, what would be my game of the year? Because, like, there are three just amazing indie games. So, my hope is that I can actually beat the game so that I can talk about it in my game of the year considerations for this year. Yeah, that's cool. I actually won a copy from the Reformed Gamer podcast, and um, but it was on Steam, which is great. But I just haven't really... I mean, this PC is kind of slow, and it chugged a little bit. So, um, And I'm a physical guy, so I've kind of thought about maybe eventually getting the physical copy for the Switch, but the difficulty does kind of make me feel like uh and knowing it's like a 40 hour game i mean knowing that um i guess i'll i'll see how uh how you think it stacks up with the other games because i felt like i could handle dead cells when i kind of got in the flow um obviously didn't beat it but i i could uh make some decent runs um but that also kind of had to do with your pickups and the things that you you uh, were equipped with so sometimes you were maybe better off to be able to get deeper into the game where this might just be straight up you know ability which i seem to lack well and and like the boss fights in this and you know very similar to the messenger there are areas where it's you know some people might call it ability other people might just require a lot of luck to beat a certain boss which, you know, I had that in the messenger. There was bosses where it's like, I just lost to this guy for like, what, 13 times in a row? You know what? I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to relax. And then you pick it up and you're like, oh, wait, I just caught on to something I didn't notice before. And I took him down. Uh, the second boss in Hollow Knight, uh, very similar. I got to it and I was, I was like, I died. I died. I died. But there was a save, save point close. So like I, I was able to get back there easy and that wasn't frustrating. But it was just the fact that, like, every time I thought I had a hang on it, I died. And then, like, you know, I put it away, came back the next day, died a few more times, put it away. And then, like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to beat this boss before bed. So I sat down. After I got home, everybody's sleeping. I played. I died, like, once or twice. And then, like, the next time I got there, it was like something just clicked. And it was like, oh, do this, do this, do this. Uh, next thing you know, you know, I walked through the boss and got to the next area. And the messenger was very similar. It was like, there was like, 
you know, maybe not exactly like a pattern, but it was like, oh, if I just do this, it's going to make my life easier. And then I can, you know, defeat this boss and move on. So something that I would not have enjoyed two years ago, but I think that the way we've been focusing on games, it, you know, I have more of that, like, and, and I was talking to Donnie about this in like the Nintendo Shack Discord is like, you know, there's a whole lot of games and he said, you don't have to beat a game to enjoy it. But like, for me, like my whole goal right now is to play games and beat them, not put five hours into something and then just move on because that's what I've been doing for the last decade. You know, I'm not beating anything. I've got this huge backlog, but like, I'm very, very satisfied and fulfilled with gaming now because like we're going into the month and it's like, you know, with Octopath, I had a goal of like, I wasn't going to beat it because I don't have that many hours in a month, but it was like, I met my goal. You know, with Hollow Knight, it was the same thing. It's like I'm, I'm meeting some goals, but like with all these games, it's like I want to beat them. And that's what we've been doing. So like my satisfaction has been coming from, you know, I'm getting through these games, even though there's tough parts, which maybe would have caused me to put them down. Now that I'm powering through them and actually getting to roll credits, it's like, oh, oh this is what it felt like to be a kid again. Yeah. And, and those skills that just... Uh you're you're using for those difficult platformers and action games are are probably helping you with the the next one so dead cells to the messenger to now hollow knight i'm sure kind of helps to kind of uh yeah so you know get you all all ready for the next one and and there's two more that i'm aware of one of them is called salt and sanctuary which i've mm-hmm. basically heard is like you know, the platformer Dead Souls. So I'm okay with that, or Dark Souls, or whatever it's calling itself nowadays. So I'm cool with that. Like, if I can go through and beat Hollow Knight, you know, Salt and Sanctuary's on my list. And then, you know, maybe this basically gives me the, uh, you know, the courage to, like, tackle Cuphead. Which, you know, is a side-scrolling, platforming, bullet-hell game. But, you know, the aesthetics, everything about Cuphead looks awesome. It's just monstrously difficult. So you know up until now i've kind of written it off as something that looks cool but i'm not going to beat it so i really don't want to put the time into it you know and that's where donnie said you don't have to beat a game to truly enjoy it but you know i'm getting through these other games that everybody's saying difficult 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 so you know what i can i can try you know what's the worst that happens i come to the podcast and i cry because i didn't meet my goal (laughs) that's true yeah cuphead to me, I don't know. I mean, I do love the art style and what they went for there, but um, yeah, difficulty. I think it's one of those where I'll just wait for a sale, uh, and if I play for you know the first two bosses or something like that, if I could even get there, I'll feel like yeah, you know, or or can be kind of a a cool game to show others to be like, hey, look, you know, look what these folks did. Um, with this 1930s uh, cartoon art style. Well, I'm hoping they patch in an easy mode. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's like what I was going to say about a lot of these games. You know, Hyper Light Drifter. That's how I beat that. Is I got it um, after they patched in the easy mode. So, all right. Um, so, I'm down for that. So I touched on one of my games. Would you like to touch on one of yours? Yeah. So I. One of the games I uh, played this month, uh, thanks to you, was uh, Coffee Crisis. So Coffee Crisis is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. 
Uh, it was developed by Mega Cat Studios. Um, it was kind of a uh, collaboration between um, them and um, I think it's Black Forge Coffee in uh, Pittsburgh. And they, I guess, um, the owners there, the coffee place, uh, were into games and um, they were doing a charity and I guess got together. So like the coffee place wrote the wrote the game and uh, Mega Cat uh, developed the game. Uh, but you can play as uh, two different baristas, um, Nick and Ashley, I believe. And Nick has a giant bag of coffee beans that he wields. And Ashley has, I assume, is like a French press. She seems a little quicker, um, but not much. So I don't know if they play much different. Um, essentially what happens in the story is that you are just minding your own business making coffee and lo and behold the aliens um the smurgolins or something something like that uh this alien race has decided to come to earth and take uh some of our most valuable resources um being our coffee our wi-fi and our metal music this sounds so. a lot like a modern age howard the duck <laughs> You know, I never saw Howard the Duck, but um, yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Serge. I love bad movies, and I love Howard yeah. the Duck, and those might not be mutually exclusive. Yeah. The um, the story was pretty good and written pretty well. It, it did drag in the middle, because I think I messaged you, and I was like, I think I'm about to beat this game. And then you and wrote back, I, I lied. Yeah, it was like, oh, no, um, not so much. Probably at least half of the game was left. And so there was a little bit of, um, you know, the, oh, we've got to go do this. Oh, now we got to go back here and do this. And so it was a little bit convoluted and kind of maybe would have been good if it was a little bit shorter, which is strange to say with a beat-em-up. Um, Difficulty-wise, was pretty good until that point. Um, this game... So, okay, I, I'm going to make a new word or thought. Um, I'm going to say beat-em-up etiquette uh, in, in most old beat-em-ups is if I'm beating up a dude or an alien or whatever it might be, the other dudes or aliens on the screen know that, hey, I'm not going to try to beat that guy up right now because he's beating up my friend, and I'm going to wait my turn to get beat up. Right, you right? take turns. Mm-hmm. Right, take turns to be, get beat up. Um, this game, not so much. So, and most beat em ups back in the day would have like three or four enemies on screen. This thing might have like 10 plus, and they are all on top of you. And then there's like some enemies that shoot projectiles, and they're on the side of the screen, just like, you know, tagging you with, with stuff. So, uh, it definitely, I think, would play better with two players. Um, or, like I did, at that point, I went ahead and just bumped it down to easy. And at that point, it was it was smooth sailing. I could get through um, because uh, you could get, even if you were taking a lot of damage, um, every once in a while you get power-ups. You'd get, like, you know, obviously one-ups or invincibility or, you know, different weapons and things. But I could, um, I could get to that next point, and uh, in that way... Uh, get some energy and kind of refuel. Uh, but before, I was just getting 
just roasted, uh, pun intended, with a coffee game. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so um, the other, the only other, I think, bad thing about the game, and I wouldn't say this is necessarily bad, but something that you kind of had to get used to, is that it seemed like the hit detection was a little bit off. Like, in a beat-em-up, typically when you're facing the other sprite, like, I know that I'm going to hit this guy, and I know that he can hit me. And if I get kind of, I don't know, above him, and he's below me, there's kind of a an area where I know I'm not going to be hit by this guy. Right. And that seemed a little off. Like, it seemed like they could hit me more often, or it just wasn't consistent, maybe. And so that was kind of hard to get used to. Um, but other than that, I mean, the music was really good. I liked the metal music. I think it's a great uh, genre to have in a beat-em-up. Um, and it had some... I mean, I won't spoil it, but I guess it had some famous uh, retro game YouTubers. Um, one of them I didn't really know, but I'm assuming he was. But um, had some, you know, some different people in the game and some, I think, underground metal bands that maybe if I was more into, like, underground metal, I might have understood uh, a little bit more about the story. But I'd be curious to see if they were, like, local pittsburgh bands like on a local scene there yeah there was um a local metal band that did all the music for it um and let me think what i was going to say about the music oh so i actually you know this game was this came game came out in 2017 um and was kickstarted as a genesis game so you could buy a genesis cart of this and i saw a video of that and listen to the Genesis soundtrack, and it was pretty good. Um, but the you know the Switch version, which is kind of the PC port, uh, had more you know actual music and not Genesis versions of metal. Um, both actually pretty good, and um, the Genesis version obviously couldn't handle that many sprites, so it it, it kind of looked and felt, uh, from what I could tell, more like a Streets of Rage or some some other game like that from from that era. So. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you like beat 'em ups. I would say the hit detection's mm, not great, um, and and dial it down to easy um, when you get to that point. So that's 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 Coffee Crisis. Um, I didn't give up coffee this month uh, because I didn't want a crisis on my hands. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, the second game I'm going to talk about is Lego Batman Two. DC supervillains, I think. Either way, Lego Batman 2. So this game... I'm interested to hear about this because I know you played this with Jacob, right? Yes, I've been playing this game with Jacob. So um, for Christmas, his grandparents got him one of those Amazon Fire tablet kit editions that comes with... Basically, it's an Amazon subscription service of some sort that you get a full year for free, like called Kid Time or Free Time or something like that. Mm-hmm. So in whatever this is, they have access to a ton of like, you know, little kid games and books and different things like that, where it's it's all free because it's all included in this free time subscription. And one of the games on there was the uh, the Batman, the Lego Batman game. And so, you know, he plays with his tablet a little bit. And he downloads some random games. He has a game where he takes care of a baby he has a game where he makes sandwiches and burgers for like elephants and giraffes. It's just all kinds of like little kid games to like, you know, 
the the elephant comes up and he basically tells you what he wants on his burger and it you know it shows like a certain type of bun with like lettuce and ketchup and like maybe two layers of ketchup or something so then you have to go like look at that picture and then emulate what it is so it's like oh okay it's the brown bun and then a layer of lettuce and then there's an egg on there and then there's a ketchup and a ketchup you know and you make it and if you get it right he gives you money and if you get it wrong he complains that you messed up so basically you know just a bunch of little fun kid games to like yeah you know, get their brain developing and lego batman so i've i've never been huge into the lego games like some people you know i've messed around with them a little bit or whatnot and like certain series kind of like interest me like i'd love to play the pirates of the caribbean version because that's when they started using like voice acting and like dialogue from the movies and stuff but so he's been playing lego batman and you know i had to show him like a lot of the nuances of the game like oh you know after you break this and like all these pieces are just kind of sitting there dancing on the screen you have to like you know tap on them and then it builds something and you know then you can do something with that to advance you and i kept helping him through some of the puzzles and then like when he would fire the game up you're in the bat cave and you have to go to a certain computer to start your story missions so for like the first like two or three weeks uh because he's a big boy and he can do it himself you know he would get himself into the game but he wouldn't allow me to like help him like oh we already beat this story mission let's select a different part so literally for the first couple weeks we played the same levels over and over and over and over and over and it was like the <laughs> same two levels and it was like oh so you know finally one day when you know we're at home and he's playing and we go through and then we get to like a new part or whatever and then he figured out that when he's trying to select his levels like he's noticing oh like this is the one with the big robot or this was you know so he started selecting some of the 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 higher levels that he had beaten so that it started him later in the game and, you know and then we're like going through and there, there's times where like i can tell he's done with the game but he doesn't want to put it away so he like dad i want you to do this and it's like well you didn't even beat up the bad guys attacking you no i can't do it i need your help so and then he would like have me solve the simple puzzles that i've watched him solve like five or six times but it was like it was just really cool to like you know go through it and then as you get further in the game with the legos um the really cool thing is you know you find secret areas where you unlock other characters now one of the big things with this game is basically you got batman and robin and that's what you start with until you get to the point where you recruit superman um, as you're going through, you have to unlock different Batman and Robin suits for certain parts of the game. Like, you know, Batman has an electricity suit where he can, like, move fuses from one place to another. And if there's an electrified area, he doesn't get shot. You know, Robin has a suit where he can go underwater. Well, later in the game, you start unlocking other characters that naturally have these abilities built in. So, for instance, um, Batman has a suit where he shoots, like, little bombs at certain colored pieces... And it'll blow that up and allow you to, you know, go past it. Well, once you unlock the Green Lantern, one of the things he does is he can just destroy those pieces automatically. You know? Hmm. Okay. So, you know, Batman has a strong suit. Well, when you unlock, like, Superman, Superman is strong. You unlock Cyborg. Cyborg has similar powers to Superman, you know. And it was just Jacob gets so excited about these new characters. Dad, he's strong! He can do this! And... You know, it's like they have all these... So then at that point, you can start replaying some of the earlier levels with these characters with abilities that are unlocked 
so that you can get into certain areas or destroy certain things that the game didn't allow you to do earlier. And then as you're doing that, you're unlocking something new and then you unlock this. And, you know, at this point, he's probably got about like 30% of the guys unlocked and he switches between them. Some are cool, some are not, but like he really likes like Cyborg. Uh, one of the things that Robin could unlock is like a magnetic suit that let him walk up metal mm-hmm. walls. Well, when you get Cyborg, he's automatically got that ability. So Jacob was like so excited and he used Cyborg all the time. And then Cyborg also had like the laser eyes like Superman so he could destroy certain colored pieces. But, you know, within the last uh, week, week and a half, you know, he finally like sat down and just started playing and playing and playing. And then, you know, it just builds to the end where you've got like Lex Luthor teaming up with Joker you know, and there's this huge robot that you have to fight a couple different times in a couple different ways. And once you finally beat it, rolls the credits. And he was so excited when he finally, and by he finally beat the game, meaning <laughs> I got to yeah. fight the robot, destroy the robot. Then he took the tablet from me and watched it and talked about how he beat the game. And he was so excited about it. <laughs> but it was just like every time he unlocks it, oh, we got this guy. And he goes in and he starts doing stuff with it. And it's just it's so much fun to play the lego games with like a four-year-old whereas like yeah. when i was playing it myself it's kind of like ah you're doing this you're doing this so i really want to see if like i can get him into like maybe the lego game on the switch or something but um he had gotten like lego marvel superheroes for the switch but he doesn't ever mm-hmm. want to play it he keeps wanting to play like the batman one on his tablet so i don't know if it's the fact that the tablet has a bigger screen or he's just used to playing it with the touch controls and on the switch, you know. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the fact that he's more into the Batman characters at this point or something. But, yeah, he's he keeps pulling it back out and we keep fighting the Joker robot at the end. And very exciting. So the nice That's thing cool. is I'm happy I got to, like, say that we beat a game for the month. And, you know, I didn't have a month without a beaten game, even though, you know, I was playing it mostly with Jacob. But, yes really really enjoyed it and i now want to play another one with him at some point yeah i i um so i played well i own lego batman 3 on the ps4 but i haven't played it because my ps4 is toast um i've always wanted to get lego batman 2 i think that was on the wii but also came out on the wii u um i think it's also now, on the 3ds I, what's that i think it's also on the 3ds Mm, exciting i actually played uh lego city undercover on the wii u um, i want to play that was... so bad but the loading times you, that everyone talks to. about yeah you need to and i actually kind of want to buy it again on switch um because when it was on wii u you could only play one player apparently on the switch you can play two player it does still have the loading screens but i mean it's really funny. I mean, it's 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 legit funny and fun. Um, it's like an '80s uh, cop drama, um, just really silly. And it's like GTA Lego. I mean, just you know, walk around, get in a car, and drive around. I mean, you can just kind of mess around in that world, right? Um, and and I definitely that's one of the games I kind of want to pick up, even though I already own it. Um, because I think it'd be fun to do I really handheld and just kind of tool around in that world. Yeah, I've I've wanted to play it because I basically heard it was GTA Lego. I've heard there was bad yeah. loading times, and that's the thing that kind of puts everybody off. And I really, 
I wish when they were clearing out the uh, the PlayStation TV stuff, I really wish I was able to get the bundle that had that so that I could play that on my Vita, but it never happened. Yeah. And I want to pick it up on the Switch. And it keeps going on sale here and there, so at some point I'm going to pick it up, especially now that I've had this Lego Batman experience with Jacob. Yeah. How does the the Fire, actually, because we just got a new a new Fire tablet, how do the Lego games run on there? Are they pretty good? Or? Oh, it, it runs perfectly well. I mean, there's no issues with it. My issue is I hate touchscreen controls. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, yeah, move the character along the screen by, like, moving with your finger, and it's not very accurate. And when you can you can go to a more normal control scheme where it puts a controller on there and buttons and you do that, but I hate that more. No virtual, yeah, but, no virtual so the, buttons, please. But the other way, it's like, you know, it's not very accurate. You're, like, swiping fingers and doing stuff like that. And, like, when you're trying to beat up a bad guy, you just have to keep tapping on the bad guy on the screen and hope you're hitting him. And in that regards, it's annoying. But it was more about the experience of playing it and having fun with Jacob than enjoying the game because it was, like, you know, really cool on a tablet. Yeah. Because I saw that they had the Lego uh, Star Wars trilogy, the original one, for like two dollars and fifty cents on the Kindle store, and I was like, "That's like worth just trying." But I just maybe not. I don't like mobile gaming. I just I can't yeah. get into it. Yeah, me neither, really. Um, well, do you want to hear about Streets of Rage two? Do I ever? <laughs> Well, so, you know, I played Coffee Crisis, and I thought to myself, okay, I was kind of, I was a little hard on it at the time, so I was like, okay, let's let's play an actual Genesis beat-em-up. Let's go back, because I've never played through Streets of Rage 2, and it's widely considered one of the best beat-em-ups of all time. Um, and so, you know, just as a, a baseline and to compare... You know, granted, you're comparing something that um, is is considered one of the best, um, but just to kind of see, okay, uh, how rosy are my glasses? Like, am I thinking that these games, you know, played a little bit different? And I will say, as far as music wise, um, I did like the metal, but the the soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro um, on Street Rage Two is by far one of the best gaming soundtracks of all time it's just really good it's like this you know it's really one of the few genesis games that that i know of that uh really sound impressive like as far as what he's trying to go for which is like this 90s house music right so it's really cool so i don't know if you've listened to that at all but um as far as gameplay wise I liked that in Streets of Rage 2, it was almost like, and I don't remember this playing this before, but it almost felt like a fighting game because there was like a regular punch, then there was like the special, which you could also do on, on Coffee Crisis, but you could do almost like a um, a fighting game move, which was like forward-forward punch, mm-hmm. which would do kind of this like not quite take your health special, but like a, a bigger uppercut. Okay. And so... It was it was really pretty cool. They had lots of throws and stuff like that. So it kind of had a fighting game feel. 
um, difficulty wise, I would say was just as difficult or more than uh, Coffee Crisis. Um, I played this on the the Genesis collection that came out on the Switch, and definitely used save states and the rewind feature uh, quite a bit to try to uh, get through this game. Cheater, man! Yeah, I That's know, how right? I beat I a know. Double Dragon on my uh, 3DS <laughs> save states. Yeah, because you've got. I mean, at the end, it is pretty much like a boss rush because it's like, you know, this boss character. Um, now this boss character and it's all in like you know like 90s beat em up fashion where you're always in an elevator you know like the elevator where the guys are like coming down anyways um but yeah a really fun game um controls really well music is great and i would definitely recommend it uh to anybody who has not played a streets of rage game um to to pick this up I don't know. Have you have you beaten any of the Streets of Rage games? No. In fact, the only types of games like those that I played when I was younger were like the Double Dragon series. Mm-hmm. That's That was what was on my NES. That's what I had and played. And then when I got a little bit older, and I think it was mostly arcades, was like Altered Beast. Yeah. So I never nice got around to playing uh, any of the Streets of Rage and stuff like that. It's it's good. I mean, if you get that collection, um, definitely worth playing. I mean, like I said, the controls were really good, and it felt like I was doing combos. You know, I would I would get a throw, and then I would turn around and punch another guy. And they definitely, um, it 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 definitely had the uh, beat em up etiquette where, you know, they were lined up to take their licking and they didn't uh, overstep their boundaries as far as trying to take me down. Right. And, so. and to be honest, like, listening to you talk about that, you know, that's something I really remember is that 90% of the time in Double Dragon, you know, you're fighting one guy at a time and the others will just kind of stand off. You know, there's a couple areas where like they're both coming at you to attack you but as soon as you engage with one it's mm-hmm. kind of like whoa 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 i'll wait my turn mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no, that's okay. you keep doing that because i want to see how you're going to kick my butt next and then you do it and then you're like oh we should have went at the same time what i'm thinking is that like you know some of these people like side-scrolling beat-em-ups you know it is kind of like it's an acquired taste. It's not really a popular genre right now, but the fact that mm-hmm. games like Coffee Crisis are getting made, you know, isn't there a new Streets of Rage or something like that coming Streets out? Streets of Rage 4. Exactly. So, like, Streets of Rage 4, they should listen to us and listen to this beat up etiquette. And, like, maybe that is, like, in the difficulty sliders. Like, you have old-school video game etiquette. One at a time, pal. And then, That's right. <laughs> if you want to make the game harder... You can switch on, I'm going to help my friends mode, where more than one will attack you. And like maybe there's a sliding scale limit, like two at a time, three at a time, four at a time, or like all out chaos, everybody come in. <laughs> you know, like it turns into a game of rugby where they're all just pouncing on you or something. Like that would be That's kind right. of like a cool slider to have where it goes into old etiquette or it has like new Jeremy doesn't like me etiquette. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, and there was, 
there was some of that where, you know, I would have two guys kind of at one time beaten up on me, but for the most part, that didn't happen. I mean, um, occasionally there'd be three or four guys on the screen, but yeah, maybe two at a time, max. Uh, but Coffee Crisis, man, it was it was all out chaos all the time, which is more true to life. And as I know, um, aliens coming to Earth to take coffee, metal, and, Wi-Fi. and our Wi-Fi is pretty, pretty true, to, true life. to life. Yeah. So what? Um, I became a handyman recently. Oh. Um. So for Black Friday, at work, you know, we sell different random stuff, mm-hmm. and we had like a, a TV stand that was in there, and then we had some other stuff, and. You know, after Black Friday, they put all that crap on clearance because we're not going to keep it in stock. So I got some really good deals on some stuff that have been sitting in my garage since then. Yes. And the wife got to the point where she gave me an ultimatum of I was either going to make it on my next day off or she was going to stop cooking for me. <laughs> and so I decided I'm going to put this stuff together. So on the last day because I had to do it in a two-day span when I'm dealing mm-hmm. with a four-year-old and an 11-month-old trying to sit on top of my stuff and whatnot. But Jacob, he is a helper. He likes to help. So he wants all the bags of the screws and the nuts and the bolts and everything, and then he wants me to tell him when I need them, and he will give them to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I've got my instructions out, and every time I look at the instructions, no, Dad, let me get that for you, and he'll hold it up, and he'll put it right in front of my face. So that I'm not looking at the ground to read it, but he's got it now in front of my face so that I can look at it. But he's holding it for me. Sometimes upside down, sometimes Mm -hmm. upside right, but he's got good intentions. And then, like, I'll have the couple baggies of the the hardware that I need, and he's holding all the rest. So there's times where he'll walk up and he'll take my screwdriver. Like, Jacob, I, I was using that. Dad, Dad, if you need it again, just talk to me. Just talk to me, Dad. (laughs) <laughs> like okay i'm talking to you jacob i need the screwdriver okay here you go and then he'll take the screws if you need these just talk to me dad and then there was the one time that i had something partially assembled and it's got some like little screws and stuff sticking out of it because i haven't put everything together yet yeah and i moved it wrong and it ran right across my toe Ooh. and i'm like oh my goodness what happened dad I'm like, I just ran that screw across my toe and it hurt. Well, don't do that. Oh, <laughs> I should have talked to you before this whole thing started. Yeah, he told you the, to talk to him. Between I mean, the whole don't do that and just talk to me and holding the instructions up to my face so that I could read them better. <laughs> what an excellent helper. <laughs> so that segues perfectly into Octopath Traveler. Mm, which yes. really was my game for the month. And I have always liked going back to turn-based RPGs. You know, when I was a wee lad on mm-hmm. my NES Entertainment System, I I had Dragon Warrior. I have no clue how a kid, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old, whatever I was at the time, procures a game like Dragon Warrior. Nintendo Maybe Power. Maybe it was like, there was a dragon on the box, and I was like, oh, I, I, there's the dragon. I, I could have gotten it for free through Nintendo Power too. Because I do remember I had like a map and other stuff in it, and there was a guide telling me this is where you get the special boots that don't let you die when you're walking through the swamp and stuff like that. But as a kid who played primarily games like Mario and stuff like that, I loved Dragon Warrior. I enjoyed it. I liked going through the game. I liked having to level up and go to a town 
and sleep in the inn to get all my hit points and my spells back and all that stuff. Like, for whatever reason, it just stuck with me. And through the years, you know, bought my PlayStation because of Final Fantasy VII, turn-based RPG. You know, I didn't play a ton of RPGs, and I missed out on a lot of the classics, like Chrono Trigger. I never even knew, like, Super Mario RPG existed until I was in college. And by then, you know, the N64 was out, and it was no longer Super Nintendo. But I've always come back to these games, and I've played a lot of them over the years. And so, like, you know, I've got this Switch, and we're playing these games, and I'm like, I wanted to get Octopath Traveler. So when it came out, I got the game. And I put a little bit of time into it. I beat like one or two of the chapter ones and I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. But, but I moved on. So now it was like, oh, let's put it up for a poll. Let's, let's try to beat this game before the year's over. So we did. Octopath won. My whole goal, beat all the chapter ones. And I'm happy to say I did. So Octopath Traveler is a game where you go out and you recruit. You start with one main person. This person remains in your party the entire time. You can have up to a party of four. So as you're going through these different towns and villages and whatever, you find other people who will join your crew and they have like an origin story. Essentially chapter one is all their origin stories. So you go through, you join up with them, you know, you form your party, you go through their origin stories, you know, learn a little bit about them, what they're made out of, get to the final boss, curse it out because it's the hardest part of the origin story by far. Some bosses were easier than others, but... Uh, one of the big things with this game is, and shout out to uh, Mathman1024, um, I was playing this game and there were certain things that I didn't even notice. Like sometimes, like if you hit a boss, and or not even just a boss, but any, any enemy, like they'll have this little floating number next to them. And if you hit them with something they're weak to, like they could be weak to daggers or swords or fire spells. You know, that number goes down, and when that mm -hmm. number goes to zero, they basically get stunned. This game calls it break. So they're stunned for a round, and you get free attacks on them where they don't attack back. I, one, I never noticed that number there. I noticed that it would come up with stuff they were weak to, but I never noticed the countdown number. And I never noticed that, you know, you keep hitting them with the stuff they're weak to, and then that's when they go to the break. I just thought it was random. So, and then he kind of pointed that out to me, and all of a sudden it's like the game got a little bit easier because now it's like, oh, now it's like, okay, you can, uh, one of the things you can do with this game is, like, you get your first attack. So say I'm attacking with my main character, I hit him with the sword. Well, on my next attack, I've now, like, built up a reserve. And, and it shows that reserve with, like, a little dot next to your skills. So I can choose to use that reserve and attack twice, or I can just attack once or use a heal or, you know, use an item. And then I build up a little more reserve. So what you can do is build that up to the point where you can do four attacks at one time. Okay. So what this does is it allows you to, when you're fighting harder enemies, you can kind of like plan when you're going to knock the boss into a stun mode or knock one of the harder enemies into a stun mode and then get free attacks with all your other people. So it... it kind of is like makes it a little bit more strategic but it also adds to you know the depth of the gameplay where it's not like oh i get one attack everybody gets an attack the boss gets his attack and it just goes you know now you can like have one person who gets to unleash four times on them 
and other people can be like, oh, I'm only going to hit him twice because that'll knock him down, and then I've got all this in reserve, so when I'm getting my free attacks, then I unload on him because he's stunned and it's going to do more damage. Mm. So I'm really enjoying like the combat system. Um, it's fairly quick until you get to the bosses. Some of the bosses can be like 10, 15-minute boss battles or whatever, but you know they're supposed to be harder. Um, and then you know figuring out who's going to be in your party and stuff like that also is interesting you know you've got healers you've got support uh one of the guys is a teacher you go through his origin story one of his abilities is that when you go into combat um whether it's against someone you faced before or it's against a new type of enemy like he automatically reveals one of their weaknesses so you know that out of their weaknesses this is one and if you have a party member that attacks that way you know you get further you do more damage um, he also has an ability that takes up a turn, but you can, you know, use this ability on an enemy and it'll reveal another one of their weaknesses, plus it'll reveal how many hit points they have. So then you can kind of be like, oh, you know, this is a tougher enemy. It has like 3,000 hit points. I'm going to need to focus on it. Or, you know, this is an enemy that's just going to die after a couple normal attacks anyway. So I don't know who I really like the best in this game. Um, for the first probably like five or six i was really into the cleric because of the healing abilities mm -hmm. and i'm assuming that as he gets leveled up his healing abilities will get more and more but i'm currently at the point where i have items that are fairly cheap to buy that heal more than his healing ability and he's not like healing the whole party at once he's just healing like one person at a time okay. so you know I, I think i'm kind of phasing him out but it's just really interesting because, like, my whole goal was to just find a party of four and just go through with just four people and, you know, beat my main character's final end boss and roll credits on it. But the more I played and started unlocking and got everybody, now my whole goal is more like, you know what, I really want to do all the chapter twos and then all the chapter threes and then probably beat the game with each of them individually at some point. So... Yeah, I went from having an idea to, yeah, no, that's not going to work. But I still think that, you know, as we get whatever our game is for April and then May and then June, like one of my goals is going to be if I beat my game and have enough time left over, I want to play a chapter of Octopath. I don't know how this is going to work once you get into the chapter twos and you start finding more side missions and stuff like that, but... Uh, for the most part, every chapter took an hour and a half to two hours, give or take, you know, between mm -hmm. traveling to the town where it's going to start, you know, going through the origin story, beating the boss and all that stuff. You know, it was somewhere in there. I did eight chapter ones and I played about 15 hours. So that math, that math man totally mm -hmm. lines up. Mm -hmm. 10, 24. You got it, good buddy. Um <laughs> So I, I figure as you progress in the game and it gets harder, maybe the chapters would take a little bit longer. But, you know, if I can churn out a chapter a month at the end of the year, I'll be scared and have to put it back into my game so that I, like, focus on it for a month or something. But um, I like the game a lot more than the first time I played it. You know, the more I got into it, the more I enjoyed the combat. You know, and then I can like message Ryan anytime I feel like it and be like, uh, I'm feeling dumb here. And then he's like, help well, me. He's like, well, I've already beat the game once and now I'm rushing through it a second time. So let me part all this wisdom onto you. And I'm like, oh, I feel so enlightened. That's it must nice. be like one of his students watching one of his YouTube videos. 
where they they go into it scratching their heads being like uh, i don't understand the whole square root theory then they watch the video and they're like oh the square root of 144 is 12 just... <laughs> <laughs> so i i really like octopath and and i want to beat it so that like like my whole goal is that i want to beat a game and then i can talk about it with my game of the year if i don't beat it i can rank it and fill you know where i put it but in my mind currently going into the second year you know i want to do it like the first year where it's like i beat a game then i can consider it like this game was so good blah 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 blah. but i like an octopath a lot and i definitely want to keep coming back to it the the thing that for octopath that i just can't get over is the art style i really like that kind of enhanced um 2d hd yeah man that's so cool i hope I hope they use that in some other. Just because I'm, I'm not really big into the uh, the turn-based games. I really hope they use that or something like that. I mean, we're seeing that with, you know, Yoshi and other things where they're just kind of um, games that that take this uh, almost diorama kind of style. Um, and uh, the new um, Zelda game, um, Link's Awakening, that they're remaking. Yeah. Um, it just it's just really cool and but i i kind of like the way octopath does it with those uh, 2d sprites yeah and what what do you think about it what i really think is like the game does look gorgeous the soundtrack's great i'm 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 kind of annoyed that like they're gonna have this other octopath game on the phone because as we just talked about i don't like mobile games Mm -hmm. but after i beat octopath it might be one of those things where if the sequel's not out Maybe I dabble with the phone game a little bit. I don't know, but I like I like that Square changed it up, and we've got all these like indies, and we've got everybody who's like loving retro. So you know we've we've got like the Messenger and like the Dead Cells and stuff like this, where everybody's going back to these retro looks. And then Square came in and they threw that like monkey wrench in there, and it's like you know this is a callback to those old RPGs. But the way that they did the graphics stands out so much. So I'm hoping yeah. that it's a trend that continues. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I've heard some people don't necessarily like the... Because um, isn't there a whole lot of like lighting effects in it? I mean, I think that looks pretty cool. But I haven't I run know. into anything I don't like yet, so... Okay. I'm, I'm also not listening to people's complaints because... I don't want to hear negative aspects of something that I'm enjoying. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, so, what games? So, what games? What? Jeremy, I think we're throwing a monkey wrench into things this month. We are. We are. We're, um, we're gonna play some games together. So we, we've got a list of four games. And how do we do this, Serge? Are you gonna? Have you take seen... out one and I take out one? What? Now, how does this work? What I wrote down, we have a list of three games currently. I don't know if you came up with a fourth, but I, I threw not. together three games. Okay. So here's what I was thinking. We have these three games, and you know what? I, I'd be perfectly happy just taking all four selections to the Twitter poll. That way, you know, it's more than normal. But we mm-hmm. both put up the same poll. We both put a timeline on it. You know, you get different people that look at yours. I get different people to look at mine. Like the same three people retweet both of ours. 
but right. just whichever one wins will be the one that we play. But then we, so we would, if we ha- both have our own polls, do we have the chance of not playing the same game? We do. We do have a minor chance. Okay. Okay. So, but like my thing is, I, I figured we could tally the votes. It's like, you know, on mine, say I get like ten votes, and one game gets like six of them, and on yours, that same game only got like four votes, but that gives ten votes to that game type of deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I guess you could do math, and we might need the math man for that. But um... yeah, we could always bring in a friend if we need help at the end. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so I have two ways that we could go with this. Yeah. We have, th- we have three games listed. Yes. Uh, those three games, just to spoil it, SteamWorld Dig 2, mm-hmm. Yoku's Island Express, and Shaq mm-hmm. Yes. All three games, very manageable. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we could go with just those three games. And, you know, one more choice than normal, but I think the backloggers can figure it out. And, I think I think we do that. I think okay. we just take those three. What was your, I mean... My, my other option was, like, I the fourth option could have been play what you want. Mm. Yeah. And, and in that case, we could have just got behind the scenes and been like, hey, play with what, play what you want one. So how about we both play Shaq Fu for the month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, that way, you know, there are four. Um, you know, who wants an odd number of games to, or, or in a poll? I mean, that's, I ugh. agree. I mean, that's like somebody likes bacon, um, ah, bacon and sour cream and onion chips. Oof. I mean, put that between two pieces of bread and you've got yourself a feast <laughs> for the night. <laughs> Wash it down with some coffee. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so steam world dig Two. Yoku, Shaq Fu, and play what you want. I like it. All right. Okay. So, I guess at this point, we play a little something-something from Mr. Benjigong. Mm, would that be a drop? Is that yes. what the, the smart kids call it? I think they call it the drop. And then I put the music in. Do you um, put the music in here? Like, am I no. talking after the music or before the music? I think we talk. Well, we do talking, and then I add music, and oh. then we talk, and then I add more music, and then the end. Oh. Um, okay. I think I got it. Okay. Do you have any games to add to your... I know we're not buying games. We, Um, meaning you. Oh, yeah, I'm not buying games. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little sleepy, Serge. The coffee is running running low in my bloodstream. A couple games that I saw on sale on the Switch that... um, I mean, the one, like, Shantae Half Genie Hero Deluxe Edition's on sale. And from what I've played of Shantae, it's really, really great. You know, side-scrolling game, 2D platformer, whatnot. 
plus they have you know Shantae Five that was just announced. Yeah, so that's, that's a exciting. good game to pick up. Um, and then there's a couple games that I've wanted to, wanted to play, but I haven't. I'm just waiting for like the right sale price. Um, this first one, it's kind of one of those harder games from what I heard, so I'm going to put this one off because I can only do one hard game at a time. But that is the Mummy Demastered. Yes, I'm and interested in that as well. I'm very interested, and it is currently on sale. Normally $19.99, on sale for $12.99. Um, and another game that kind of reminds me of something new coming out, which was Katana Zero, um, Mr. Shifty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of one of those, like, you know, funky... I don't really know how to describe like Mr. Shifty. Like a Hotline Miami, but maybe... I don't know. Some because it, it's like, top it looks down, like, right? It, it's top down, and the abilities where you can kind of like disappear and reappear remind me of like Nightcrawler from the X Men. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, Mister Johnny Casino really liked yes. this game, but it is fifty percent off right now for seven dollars and forty nine cents. So that's a game I'm considering with my eShop credit. Did you see anything interesting to you, but not interesting enough to buy? Yeah, in, interesting, and I don't have the system, but I guess the PS Plus price for the uh, Castlevania collection that came out for the PS4, the uh, Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, is uh, $9.99. So, uh, obviously, only digital, but um, those are two good games. Um, and I know we're getting some Castlevania games on the Switch. Really wish they would have been... Um, a uh, physical copy of those but what i'm assuming is we're gonna get each one of them digitally for about twenty dollars and then next year we'll get all three of them physically for about sixty dollars or maybe fifty dollars all i know is i really really hope symphony of the night is one of those as yet unspoken games you would think that it would be but i'm 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 wondering because I heard another podcast talk about that there was, and I didn't hear this, uh, but there was, you know, potential of doing more of them, like more collections of each. So I'm, I'm worried though, because like most things with Konami, Mm -hmm. like you really can't count on them to do a second one. So you'd want the first one to have the games that you would really want because chances are, they're going to be like, oh, we didn't make $5 trillion off of this, so let's not you know, right. put these games out. But, I mean, it's just the fact that they have, like, eight games on each of them. And, obviously, the first four that were announced are, like, the earliest four. But that still leaves four more on there. I mean, do you go with, like, the Game Boy Advance games? You know, do you pull from, like, Sega Genesis, like Rondo of Blood? It's, you know, I don't know where that, like, eight games is going to take us. And it's just, yeah. you know, to me... Ideally, it would be the three Game Boy Advance games and Symphony. You know, Symphony yeah. being like the apex of the whole series to me. But all right, we'll see what happens. Worst case scenario, I can buy the PS1 version and play it on my Vita. And I can still get it in handheld. And, you know, the port that was for the PS4 evidently mm-hmm. was just a port. So yeah. Pretty similar. Maybe mm-hmm. slightly enhanced graphics or something. But I just want to. Take it to lunch, Jeremy. I yeah, I know, and that's lunch. the thing. Yeah, you could buy, you could get the uh, for nine ninety nine. I think there's the um, the going rate for the PS one uh, version of Symphony. Yeah, so the same price. The yeah, 
you can get the PS4 version. But you okay. could also get uh and I I think I bought this and I don't know if it ever goes on sale, but you can get um the Dracula X Chronicles for the, for the PSP, PSP and then unlock Symphony and Rondo of Blood uh in there. Yes. And so, I have it, but I hate my PSP. Well, you can you can buy it uh digitally and play it on your Vita. I could. But I own it physically. <laughs> and I want to play it physically, but I, I understand. Uh, um yeah, I think the GBA games would be good on on that collection. Um because the DS games until our flip dip trip lip uh device comes out where we're gonna be able to play DS and three DS games on the Switch. Slide, slide, uh, until slippity they... slide. Exactly. Uh Coolio is endorsing this, so He uh, does live in Vegas. Maybe I mean, we hang that's... out. Me, him and Flavor Flav. You know? Flavor we, uh... Flav <laughs> But um that being said Serge, do you have any future log, 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 log games? So, I have want? some log, some log. They're big, they're heavy, they're wood. Log, log. It's better than bad. It's good. Um, My future log is another game that's going to be getting DLC soon. And what that means is that I should probably put it off until the DLC comes. I believe it's going to be free. Hope it's free. If not... Maybe I'll pay a couple dollars for it. But that is uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Mm. This is just one of those games that it's it's been on my radar, it's been on my radar, it's been on my radar. And I just keep hearing good things about it. So, my future log, I, I want to be able to play some Starlink this year. And now that I guess Frickety Frog's going to be in there, and they're adding more Slippy. Star-Lord characters. Like... Slippy. <laughs> Peppy, come on. Never played uh, a Star Fox game. <laughs> I, I can I can send you my book and you can read all about it. I can. It. Like, I'll read the F-Zero side, you read the Star Fox side. Okay. This is good stuff in here. Um, So, you know, I'm, I'm I was kind of struggling today uh, in my future log. And I, uh, okay, so let me let me talk about this Star Fox game. I really want this as well, and I feel like this is going to be, you know, it's gone down to like $15 sometimes. I see it uh, where it is just dirt cheap, and I just think, man, if I want to pick I that up. If only I were allowed to play video games this year and buy them. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, this is not going to be $15 at the end of the year. It's going to, you know, all the stock is going to be gone, and it's going to be, you know, like there's going to be sellers on Amazon that are going to want like 50 70 dollars again for this game anyways that's not my future log game though eventually maybe but uh my future log i was trying to come up with one um because i'm trying to come up with games that i'd like to see and this is more of a labo that i'd like to see um you know they've talked about uh virtual console labo kits which i think would be awesome um and we know how expensive uh, retro games are. Um, so what they're going to do, Serge, is they're just going to re-release NES and SNES 
boxes, and they're going to call it Labo. So that's what they're going to do. <laughs> so then you can have inbox copies, um, and uh, it can put the screws to the uh, the old retro game sellers um, that are charging us crazy amounts for inbox games. So it'll come with a instruction book and a box and a labo kit, and it will cost roughly nine ninety nine instead of like eight hundred dollars, you know, for some kind of old box. I can live with that. Yeah, that's that's um you know they'll they'll roll it out uh, slowly, but that's what they're gonna do. Right. Look for it in twenty twenty one. I can. I can do that. Remind me. <laughs> okay. So, now that we're getting to the end of the evening. Yes, sir. Uh, before we put this podcast to bed, mm-hmm. have we adopted anybody recently? We have. Ooh. We have a wonderful, a wonderful. I mean, we should like just like scrap this episode and you guys should just listen to this. I mean, essentially. Right? Am I right? I, I'm not going to disagree. It made me happy when I listened to it twice in it, a row. It it was wonderful. Um, obviously, we're talking about Patrick over there at the Backlog Odyssey and his uh, wonderful, dramatic, wonderful, reading. dramatic reading of his review of Darkest Dungeon. My goodness. I asked him about his throat afterwards. I was concerned. So uh, <laughs> enjoy and uh, thank you, Patrick. It was wonderful. Hey, what's up, Backloggers? It's Patrick from the Backlog Odyssey, and I'm here joining you on the Backlog Busters because I've caught wind that my beloved Darkest Dungeon was outclassed by Octopath Traveler in Mr. Grouchy Surge's poll this last month. So, instead of leaving you hanging and wondering what this whole Darkest Dungeon thing is all about, I thought I'd recite to you dramatically my review of this duck an opulent game. Like me, I'm sure many gamers out there find playing video games to be relaxing. It's a great way to unwind after a long day at work, or when you just want to zone out and forget about that pile of dishes you still have to wash. Many games will cater to this, soothe you into a lull, and make you forget all of your responsibilities with their whimsy. You have your Marios of the world for cheerful and colorful fun, or maybe those blockbusterish games like Uncharted for that rich and intriguing adventure, all giving you that warm and fuzzy feeling while you snuggle on the couch with an oversized and overbuttered bucket of freshly popped popcorn. You know, a feel-good experience that you can discuss over dinner. But then there are some games that throw relaxation and joy right out the window. These games will make you second guess your ability to make good decisions and punish you for making the slightest mistake. Or maybe, just maybe, it'll punish you for no other reason than just because. That, my friends, is exactly what Darkest Dungeon wants to do to you and it'll do it while it stares at you with its beady, bloodshot eyes. It wants to summon the arcane demons of ages 
long past and forgotten to fight you every inch of the way and you won't fight back no you'll keep coming back for more and you'll love it despite what your instincts tell you darkest dungeon developed by red hook studios begins with you inheriting an opulent and imperial estate from one of your late ancestors this grand and wonderful relative of yours thought it would be a stellar idea to tempt fate by playing around with ancient and eldritch magics in his spare time. Lucky for him, he was also able to find a portal deep within the catacombs beneath his manor that opened a door to a demonic and grotesque dimension. That just so happens to let loose death and despair. You know, sunshine, lollipops, and flesh-devouring monstrosities. Double lucky for you, this little house of horrors is now your responsibility, and you need to do something about it. So you recruit willing treasure hunters, mercenaries, and other friendly ne'er-do-wells to explore the mind-bending labyrinth of the darkest of dungeons and its surrounding grounds. Their goal? To bring back treasures and trinkets, spiral into insanity, and of course, get paid for an honest day's work. Oh, and save the day, I guess. That pretty much sums up the gameplay of Darkest Dungeon as well. You'll find yourself recruiting a variety of characters with their own unique hero classes and abilities to explore the various dungeons in the game. From the Righteous Crusader, who focuses on swift and powerful melee attacks with a hint of holy magic, to the cursed and abhorrent abomination, who can transform into a beast that feasts upon the undead legions you'll undoubtedly counter. And, as a turn-based dungeon-crawling RPG, you'll also be able to upgrade their equipment, find accessories to apply buffs and debuffs to your stats, and learn new skills or abilities. With its 15 classes, 17 with the DLC, there is an addicting layer of strategy in the game. It forces you to think about what classes work best together and which can handle the current situation you're about to thrust them into. On top of it all, these characters can suffer from afflictions, mental breakdowns, and diseases that affect their performance during a mission. These status effects can all be remedied when returning to town, but if you don't think twice before you send weak, insane, or otherwise low-level characters into the latest and greatest death gauntlet, you can lose them forever. That, my dear friends, is where the stress of playing the game passively leaks from your screen and absorbs into your soul through osmosis. And I can sum it up in one short and concise sentence. This game is hard. Like, calculus hard. Keeping these characters alive is thrilling and a task in futility. You need to come to terms that you will lose some of your characters and the fact that the permadeath is a prominent feature. It makes all of your decisions that much more important. Therein lies one of my gripes with Darkest Dungeon, though. 
Because it is an RPG with a hefty dose of chance, many of your deaths feel unfair, and losing a character that you've spent most of the game leveling up is devastating. You can of course mitigate this somewhat by always having a healer on your team, or leaning hard into characters that use support magic. But that's not always effective, and you can't always guarantee that they won't be the first to die. I swear enemies are drawn to them like magnets! One of my favorite things about Darkest Dungeon is its atmosphere. The game channels that Lovecraftian vibe superbly with intense and somber writing that earnestly portrays the narrator's paranoia and overall loss of sanity. The prodigious bassy sound effects when you land a hit on an enemy or just the booming low frequency undertones within the background music lends everything a very impactful and purposeful feel. It's all very engrossing and very impressive. The graphics as well are detailed and dark. You can see the despair in the characters faces and the monsters are all threateningly outlandish. Every inch of every new area replicates what you would imagine H.P. Lovecraft would conjure up in one of his short stories. So basically, nightmare fuel that will traumatize you until the end of days. And although everything in the game seems like it was once extravagant, it now feels decrepit and sinister. I'll tell you one thing, I wouldn't touch half the things in those dungeons with a 10-foot pole while wearing a hazmat suit. The only thing I could really complain about would be character animations. It did feel a bit like you were controlling a bunch of marionettes on a shish kebab. It may not have taken away from the gameplay, but it did take away from the immersion of the game. Not a huge problem, mind you, but more fluid and hand-drawn animations would have really tied it all together. Darkest Dungeon is a dark, stressful, and intense game that may not be for everyone, but sometimes the hardest challenges reap the greatest rewards. I really enjoyed my time with the game, and it actually prompted me to dive into the fascinating HP Lovecraft stories it drew its inspirations from. That begs the question though, should you go out and try it? Well, Darkest Dungeon is certainly not for the faint of heart. But if you're looking for a good challenge and long to explore dark, damp dungeons, then absolutely yes, you'll be rewarded for your blood, sweat, and tears. On the other hand, if you're not a fan of losing your prized character and possibly a controller or two, then maybe you should just go play Mario. Whew, that was intense. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the Backlog Busters show. As always, those guys are doing a great job. And uh, spread the word. Until next time, my name's Patrick, and uh, I'm from the Backlog Odyssey. See you later. And we're back. And we're back. That's what we're supposed Better to say, Better than right? ever. Fully rejuvenated. Man. And ready for some. Like, the turkey over there, he was yawning. And then after that reading, he was... In a corner, scared, shaking like a little baby who just watched a horror movie.
that <laughs> dramatic reading was very impressive. Thank you, Patrick, for playing along and humoring us. Yes. Um, guys, before we get into the retro cheat code, I'm going to go over a little bit of the housekeeping and just say that we are the Backlog Busters. We're very happy you all are listening along to us. We had Adam Leonard and Benji Kong both provide music for the show. Um, I have no clue how iTunes works because I, uh, I don't have anything Apple related, but, and this is a long-term goal, I have a second copy of Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. So if we can get to 15 reviews on iTunes, I'll give away a copy to somebody who did a review. So tell your friends, even if they don't listen to us, to give us a review. I'll put your friends in there. I'll give you extra votes for suggesting them, though. Man, this so, is exciting. I'm just trying to give something away. That's what Man. that's what people do, right? They try to get reviews, and they like, you know, hit that subscribe button. Yeah, Those five star like, reviews are really helping us grow it. the podcast. Um, this is yeah, that's exciting. That's a that's an impressive game. I mean, I found the second copy, so I must have picked it up in back to back Black Friday sales from mm-hmm. two years in a row where it was like under twenty dollars. <laughs> But, hey, I have no use for the second copy, so I'll get it out there to somebody who might have a use for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, yes. review. And not only that, people... but, I mean, it's a retro game. It's from 2016, 2017. So yeah, this is the game is that old. the backloggers can get into. <laughs> oh, man. Well, retro that's cool. Retro cheat code, Jeremy. Retro cheat code. All right, code. so, uh, again, uh, brought to you by Mathman's Cartesian uh, retro code i'm gonna try this and maybe maybe it'll go a little smoother this time but maybe not we'll 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 try it out that's why we have the magic of editing so serge give me a number one through three. Oh, three. Three. okay that was very that was a good tough decision it is a tough decision now Give me, I need X and Y coordinates. Uh, the X coordinate can be between 0 and 14, or, well, I guess it can be between negative 14 and positive 14 along negative the number three. line. Negative 3. Negative 3. All right, so I'm going to tell them negative 3. Okay. Positive and, 3. And positive 3. 3, 3, 3. 3, 3, 3. And we're going to make a mark. In here, heavy and dark. Let's see where we are on Okay, so this is for ice hockey for the Nintendo Entertainment Center Center. What? Wow. I'm I NEC? I, yes. I'm sleepy guys, sorry. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, ice Hockey. The code is for Super Puck. For a puck that will never stop, hold down both the A and B buttons on both controllers and press Start while in the Player, Speed, and Time Select screen. For all our Canadian friends and Ice Hockey lovers out there, you have just been given a Cartesian retro code brought to you by Mathman himself. You are so, welcome, Sean Capri. That's right. 
Um, I really like hockey games. Well, any retro sports game that's just essentially pick up and play. So, yeah, button mashing. We won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what is our music we, tonight? We have obviously uh, Adam at the at the front. Uh, so thank you, Adam. And at the back, we have a remix uh, from the game Spelunky. I don't know if you ever played that that nope. gem of a game. Um, it is called. Well, now my the the new Turkish the little coffee. tablet. Yeah, it's uh, it's not showing up on mine. What is it? It's like Turkish coffee. Turkish coffee. That's right. I thought we it would be appropriate. A yeah. 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 Sticking with the theme. Um, it's by uh, a Gabe character and i will link the uh uh the uh the link i'll link the link because that's what you do to the oc remix and um would that be a link the... in our past it, it, would. it would um or a link in our future because i have to edit that mm. i think so when the past and the future kind of combine it's like a link between worlds <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, uh, yeah, let's end on that. Good stuff. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye.